Hello, everyone. I'm Alan Popcotter, and you're listening to Call Talk for March 29, 2021. Today's topic is the surprising value of accurate language screening and contact centers. If you're listening live, we invite you to be part of the show and ask questions. Here's how you do it. Email me at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com. I want to remind everyone that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to at benchmarkportal.com any time of the day. And with that, I would like to introduce the host of the show, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Alan, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Well, you know, operating a contact center efficiently and profitably is not an easy task due to balancing so many challenges and high employee turnover usually being toward the top of that list. And in contact centers with bilingual agents, yet another element of expense and complication is added. Uh, which is hiring based on language proficiency, which can be true for both bilingual and for English-only centers. So we'll be addressing both today. And with, with so many factors to improve hiring, an efficient process for agent recruiting really is key. And so today we're going to discuss the importance of language screening for both English and for bilingual candidates in contact centers. Um, the rise in customer rating platforms, reviews, modes of communication have really increased the need of customer contact centers to communicate clearly and effectively with customers. Uh, if an agent can understand the customer, ask questions, and clearly communicate the solution in the customer's native language, uh, centers will improve hold times, resolution times, CSAT scores, and, and more. So the, the improvement on this really starts with initiatives uh, in the recruiting process and identifying talent with the ability to communicate clearly. Uh, But this can take a lot of management time during the screening uh, process. And so one recommendation is to leverage technology uh, to do this for you. And uh, agents who are able to communicate seamlessly are going to feel more confident and motivated to stay in their position. And they'll increase customer sat, of course. Uh, But, you know, I found that most managers do not have a clear strategy with regard to this issue. And so that's why we wanted to talk more about language assessment in contact centers, and we brought in an expert on the topic for you, Brigham Tomko, CEO and co-founder of Immersion. Welcome to the show, Brigham. Thanks for having me, Bruce. I'm really excited to be here and, and talk through this important topic to to help call center operators improve their bottom line. Okay. Well, good. We're we're really glad to have you. I think it's an important topic. It's one I've been talking about over the last uh, year in particular, and I'll I'll talk about why shortly. But anyway, uh, you know, Brigham, you have uh, extensive experience, and there's nothing like firsthand experience from our guests. And the experience you have includes running your own BPO and contact center over the last 10 years. Uh, Can you tell our uh, audience a little more about that experience and what KPIs you focused on to be successful? Yeah, absolutely. There's really two relevant parts of my background with this. One is uh, an offshore BPO opportunity. I started and ran a company called CoDev, and in the early days of that business, we were primarily a contact center, and after a few years, we – we pivoted into uh, offshore software development as well. So both experience on the contact center side there. And then um, 
I also own a market research company where we have about 500 um, reps who are collecting market research for both um, corporate customer satisfaction scores and research and political research. And, you know, running both of those uh, businesses, they were, they were a little bit different. One was offshore, one was here um, in the United States. And particularly in our, our offshore facility in the, the Philippines, we had a, we had a major uh, need for um, assessing people's language ability. But some of the key KPIs that we looked at um, are similar to, to probably most of the listeners on this call. You know, the customer satisfaction um, scores that we had, um, our um, cost of recruiting, um, training, and retaining our employees, um, keeping our uh, turnover rate um, as low as possible. You know, and, and, and in this industry, you know, margins are tough and tight and it's very competitive. So um, really controlling five or six, you know, metrics, um, especially around the employee side and the hiring side, really help protect our margins uh, in, that, in that space. Mm. Um, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah just one, one particular one that, that uh, you know, in our, in our offshore uh, facility that was, was important was being able to screen language ability. In our model, our, our employees, our agents interacted directly with our customers and you know as as most companies do we tried to screen for language using people very little software is still used in this industry to assess the language ability and we had two um, english as a second language hr reps screening hundreds and sometimes thousands of candidates per month for their for the language ability and and uh you know that was that process was actually what led to uh, the beginning of immersion was the pain that we felt in my own BPOs trying to, to screen for that language ability. Mm. Well, there's nothing like uh, feeling the pain yourself to coming up with a solution, you know. The uh, uh, necessity is the uh, mother of invention, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, th this is an important point. One of the things that I'm fond of saying is that nothing is so clearly stated that it can't be misunderstood. And I kind of <laughs> overstated that way just to, uh, to bring a chuckle and also to, to focus people on the fact that it is important that they have uh, agents who are able to communicate really clearly and who have a grasp of the ideas but also a grasp of the language as well. And, um, you know, one of the other things that came up, uh, Brigham, during the course of the pandemic is that uh, so many people are now at home working. There's been turnover. So people have had to hire, in many cases for the first time, have had to hire people without ever seeing them. And this mm -hmm. has been a really tough thing for a lot of people. And well, I've uh, been part of a number of events, you know, industry symposia and conferences during the course of the year. And one of the things that I've heard over and over again is, I've been asked about, is hiring for uh, at-home agents when you don't actually get to bring them in the office and see them. Uh, the best you can do is a, um, a Zoom type of, type of call. And so I, we focus some of our research on that. And uh, what's mm -hmm. come out is that, uh, some of these things have turned out to be pretty good, 
but they have to be really well and intentionally structured or uh, it's a disaster. So one of the areas that's involved here is, in fact, um, the language capabilities. And this is whether you're talking about hiring somebody in the United States to speak English to people in the United States or whether you're hiring people um, abroad for uh, positions where they're going to be speaking English or where they're going to be speaking other languages, Spanish, French, etc. And, you know, how, how well are they able to, to do that? So, you know, how does automating the language screen process lead to hiring better agents? Like I've kind of set up the problem here. Uh, and I've encouraged yeah. people during the course of the year to look to technology to take some of that burden off of their plate. Uh, but tell us, you know, how that all can work for people in our audience. Yeah, definitely. I think I think one thing to point out is the the language testing is probably prior to the pandemic behind other technology as well. We've seen great advances in HR information systems, applicant tracking systems pre-employment testing systems that in the you know, human process when a rep would come into the office, many of those systems and technologies have been, been used even prior to the pandemic. And so for those components of the, the uh, employment screening, they really were technologies being used now or just being leveraged remotely. To, to contrast that, for language screening uh, globally, more than 95% of the language screenings done in the employment process are still done as part of the human uh, live interview uh, process. And so there, there wasn't a lot of technology being used. So for those when the pandemic hit, it was sort of doubly difficult on the language side because they had to adopt the technology and then also use it remotely. Mm-hmm. So there was a little bit of difference there, and I think that's why – some of that has been uh, difficult uh, because there wasn't great products out there to assess ability. And when we're, when we're thinking of language ability for contact center, you have contact centers that are, that are you know, chat only, and so really reading, uh, writing, grammar skills are more component. And you have voice-only uh, contact centers where the speaking ability is, is paramount. And and now many of the centers, you know, are using both sets of those skills. And the, the most difficult thing to assess is obviously speaking ability um, at scale and leveraging those assessments. And, and once hiring couldn't be done face-to-face in the office, um, many of these companies needed to turn to technology. And to your point, I think as you turn to technology, it's using – the right technology and, and using it uh, using it in the right way and knowing what you're looking to to assess and I think for most contact centers the hard thing to assess is the the speaking ability and um, so I think as you're looking to assess um, that speaking ability you need to find software that gives you accurate results um, and that are immediate similar to like when you had a um, HR representative doing the interview, you got results immediately so that decisions can be made in this hiring process. Because mm-hmm. um, I think a unique component, you, you know this better than I do, in, in the contact center space is typically agents will come in and, and fill out an application to five or six centers at once. 
and they'll accept the job at the one that gives them an offer first. And so there isn't an option to have a slow, clunky recruiting process in the call center space or you miss out on the best uh, best candidates. So finding software that fits into your process can give you immediate results, but also gives you the data you need to make a decision. If it, if it just gives you a number that doesn't help you, you need to know the context of you know, where the right cut points are for the different service level agreements you, know, you may have with, with different customers. Mm. You know, it's a really good point about uh, you know, having the quick turnaround and the fact that uh, without technology, it, it is, as you put it, clunky and can uh, take extra time. It's not going to you know, help anybody. Well, let, let, let's yeah. split this out for our audience, uh, break them into two parts, and that is the mm-hmm. – because uh, uh, I'd, I'd like to also sort of address the questions in the minds of some of our listeners who maybe just haven't done anything like this before. And so mm-hmm. uh, there's the, the written and there's the speaking. And one of the things yeah. that I'd like to point out, too, is that in terms of the written, obviously that's important for anybody who's doing the emails. Uh, you know, you can only do canned stuff up to a point, and if you overdo it, then your customer satisfaction goes down the tubes. Uh, so you yeah. have to get people for that job who are able to write. Same thing uh, is true with regard to uh, texting and, um, and chat. Uh, and, you know, it needs to be reminded, too, that uh, agents who are on the phones still have to fill in customer relationship management system records. And for right. those who are terrible communicators in writing, uh, the next person, the next agent who picks up that record, who opens that record, is going to be at a real disadvantage and is going to have their morale, you know, impacted negatively if it's a bunch of gibberish and they can't understand what's going on and the customer is very upset and all that sort of thing. So really the uh, the writing is for everybody, and then the speaking mm-hmm. obviously is extremely important for the ones who are on the phone. So uh, what what happens if you, in fact, use uh, a technology, a software to do this? It's something that the uh, center, you know, uh, contracts for and then is able to send out a link to the candidate? Is that how that works? Yeah, yeah, and there's, there's two ways of delivery. You know, one can be done within the, the software itself, and a, a link can be sent to the candidate. These types of softwares can also be integrated with existing applicant tracking systems. So if someone's going through a process in an ATS, that link can be provided right in the, the existing applicant tracking system. They can click, you know, take the assessment, and the data can, can dump right back into whatever the system of record is, whether it's the ATS or the, the HR information system. Um, Perfect. But, yeah, very, very simple process uh, either way um, that you choose to do it. Okay, and then you can see what the results are, and you can come up with your standards that are appropriate for your industry and your hiring levels, et cetera, and then you can make your decisions uh, based on that component of your yeah. uh, your screening process. Okay, yeah, great. Another... In... Go ahead. Just on, on that, I think what's important there is that when you do use software, you are able to set specific cut points across your organization. So. You may have multiple interviewers at dozens of locations around the world, and, and, and this is one of the ways you know, software definitely improves the process is that those cut points are then standard throughout all of your people and throughout all of your locations that can be 
can be set and you get the uniformity across um, the entire organization with those. Right, right. So, yeah, those uh, sessions uh, to put, put everybody on the same level in terms of your interviewers, uh, which can be very time-consuming and which then have to be redone on a regular basis and everybody, the time somebody comes onto the team needs to be done too. Uh, those yeah. those kind of go away because you have the technology leveling that all out. And so, and right. then look, thinking about the speaking side as well, it's the same sort mm-hmm. of process. I assume uh, where there's a link and then the person is able to uh, talk and respond to questions, et cetera, from the software. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And the the only additional kind of software needs is they need to make sure their their mic and audio collection hardware on their computer is working. So that's an important part of the assessment itself to be able to assess and verify that the audio is good and the connection is good because you can't rate someone's ability if you if you don't have great um, you know audio in that process. The other important thing is is that you you can get a score back, but if you're not meeting that person, you know Bruce, you brought up many people are hiring people they've never met for the first time, and just relying on a speaking score alone doesn't build that relationship very well. And so the software also allows you to, those who hit your threshold of ability, you can also go back in and listen to some of the the audio that they have to see if the accent and the way that they speak would fit um, the way that that the company operates. So you you do rely on the assessment data, but you also want to keep some of that human component there, if possible, to hear their voice and and, uh, have some opinion left to the uh, to the interviewers sure sure and, and you know the interview part is so important that uh, in person of course is the best but if it's a zoom interview because uh, that's or ring central whatever it happens to be if that's the mm-hmm. the best that can be done then that's uh, that's good too but that is taking up time of your supervisors your uh, mm-hmm. you know your your hiring people in, in HR etc whoever it is that's doing that it's taking up their time. So you really want to have um, a process which funnels those people who are most likely to pass that test rather than getting a ragtag of, uh, you know, ragbag of people who uh, may, in fact, uh, you're, you're basically wasting their time and your time as well. So uh, this yeah. is a, a good gating uh, component of your process yeah. to make sure the process is used as well as possible. So Yeah, we yeah. see... We see typical global, you know, we have call centers and contact centers globally we work with, and they typically screen seven to 15 applicants per hire. Uh To your point, if you had to talk to each of those and go through 30 minutes to determine that, you know, their their abilities weren't there, that wastes so much time. And I think with doing a language assessment, depending where you put it on the process, whether it's step Uh one to screen out 50 or 60 percent or, yeah, you know, step two or three, but prior to the human interviewers, you know, we, we view technology and AI as a way to augment people to be able to spend more time on more important activities, and, and this is definitely a way to narrow those down to only those who have the, the language ability necessary to, to complete the job. Right, right. One thing that I'd add before we uh, turn things over to Alan for some questions um, is that, you know, you need to know your audience. So uh, uh, listeners on this 
call should know their audience. Is their audience uh, maybe a little bit older and more fussy with regard to grammar and uh, things like that? Uh, or is it, um, you know, the kind of thing? There, there was one center that we dealt with that had two totally different um, kinds of callers. One were people who were into uh, surfing and sports and things like that. And so, you know, you'd listen to those calls. It would be, uh, yeah, man, you know, Hank 10, you know, the surf's up, all this kind of stuff. And then the other set of customers were the military. <laughs> So, uh, you know, very different calls, and they would actually hire people who were able to communicate well with both. Uh, and so, know your know your 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 eight your um, uh, callers, so that you can sort of then utilize technology to um, you know your advantage in terms of getting the right people for your type of center. So, um, good. Uh, anything to add before we turn things over to Alan for some questions? Um, no, I think that's great, and let's, let's jump into those questions. Okay. Over to you, Alan. Yes, we have a couple questions here. The first one is from Alec, and he is asking, it seems like the recommendation is to remove humans from the hiring process. How can we limit human error but not be concerned about AI replacing humans? Mm, good question. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a really, really good question. I think, you know, in these types of discussions, people end up sort of pitted on opposite ends. You know, it should be all human or all AI. You know, I, I personally, and we at Immersion, really focus on how can AI and technology enhance the value of your key human employees. So we're not looking to replace, but as we've discussed a little bit earlier, um, we want your your HR professionals to be focused on those candidates who uh, are pre-qualified on, on basic skills. So if speaking is a requirement, then use an assessment to pre-qualify them before you have a human interviewer spend time with them. If there's other technical skills that they need to have, there's great pre-employment technical assessments that you could deliver, screen out candidates, so then your interviewers can really be focused on cultural fit um, and um, you know, specific job fit for your company as opposed to um, weeding out basic skills. So I, I think for us, it's definitely not replace humans. It's allow the humans to do things that only they can do um, because humans are expensive, but they're also very high value. And so technology can re replace some of those repetitive um, lower value activities to to allow them to focus on those more important parts of their jobs. Yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I'd add to that is, uh, is something that, you know, Brigham is implying as well, and that is that all this needs to be fit into a process, a process that's well-structured, mm -hmm. well thought through, and uh, there's many other components to it as well. Uh, and what you're trying to do is to optimize use of your resources and optimize the probability that you're going to get uh, the best people for the job. So, yeah. Okay, back to you, Alan, for the next question. Yes, the next question is from Katie, and she's asking, you mentioned that your focus is, is to improve customer satisfaction, but you highlight language screening as one of the top skills to test in the hiring process not overall communication skills. 
How does a focus and language screening affect customer satisfaction? Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's another great question, and I don't want to minimize the the value of overall communication skills. Uh, but as a starting point, you can't have communication skills if you or you can't employ those if you don't understand the person on the the other side of the call or the email. So. I think language ability and understanding the words um, is very important and to be able to um, understand and respond. And so a language uh, proficiency assessment isn't, isn't just, do you know the grammar, do you know the vocab? When you take a proficiency assessment like Immersion gives, it's a predictor of your ability to uh, communicate in different roles and different situations. So. It does take into context, hey, do they know the grammar, vocab, reading, do they know the language generally, but it also is a predictor of their their proficiency in, in, uh, in interacting. But we all know that in, in customer satisfaction, you know, being able to have sympathy and empathy uh, with uh, the person that you're talking to is very important. And so just knowing the words and knowing what was said doesn't necessarily mean you'll have that empathy and, and, and sympathy. I also think um, being very process-oriented in the way that you respond to customers is important, and that's not necessarily just your language ability. So, But the language ability is the foundation to be able to build on. If you don't have that, you can't show the empathy and sympathy you need for your customer satisfaction. You won't be able to follow the prompts and the process and the the, uh, the knowledge base and FAQ trees that, that you've built. So although I will admit language isn't the only important part of communication, understanding language ability is an absolute must in order to build upon uh, for those other skills. And I think this is where you could do a screening for proficiency with an assessment, but you still, at the later stages of your recruiting process, you know, do a, a Zoom or other type of interview to um, dig into some of those other communication abilities that they have. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't have anything to add to that. Um, so, uh, Alan, why don't we go on to – I think we've got time for just one more question, so why don't we uh, we do that? Yeah, so the last one we have is from Joe, and it's – and he's asking, you clearly share that it is a priority to test for language skills, but how much of a priority? There are many skills we assess in our hiring agents. Where should language, skill, language screening fall into that process? Hmm. So, so that's uh, kind of an interesting question, Brigham. I guess he's uh, in sort of, Joe's sort of uh, asking us where would that fall if we had to, you know, have a uh, weighting system. <laughs> uh, apply to the different parts of the uh, the process, and it, you know it's impossible to come up with one that fits for all because uh, again, looking at your uh, your industry, looking at your callers, all that sort of thing, uh, things are going to be different. But what's your overall view answer to that interesting question from Joe? Yeah, yeah, I think it is interesting, and, and maybe if I can use a little bit of an example, but let's. Let's say in order to to fulfill the job function, you needed to have 
basic technical skills um, and you were going to communicate those with the customers or basic accounting skills, um, you could have the best accounting skills in the world, but if you are dealing with a customer who speaks Spanish and you don't speak Spanish, your accounting skills don't matter in the communication in that contact center. And same with technical skills. You know, if you, you speak Russian but don't speak English and you're talking to an English-speaking customer, then those other skills, um, in my mind, it doesn't matter if you have them or not if you can't communicate them. So with that kind of analogy as a starting point, to me the language ability um, or for an agent to have the ability in the language of the end user customer that they're going to be dealing with is a top priority. If you don't have it, the rest of the skills really don't matter in, in a contact center setting. You know, in the, so from that perspective, I believe it should be in the front of the process and is a prerequisite for the rest of the skills. Uh -huh. As you hire an agent, ultimately, there may be an equal balance of language ability and technical ability and other communication skills. Um, and that's fine at the end, but if you don't have the language ability, like I said, I think the rest of the the skills that you have just can't be used or leveraged um, in that process. So, so I think if, if language is a requirement, it should be early in the process, and you shouldn't waste time doing any of the other assessments or interviewing or pre-employment process if they don't meet that you know, pre pre-existing language requirement. Yeah, no, that's a good, very good point. And you know, I think if. The fact that uh, I'm, I'm dual national, Italian and American, spent uh, 10 years over there, I'm bilingual, and um, I remember at one point there was a very talented, very bright um, young woman in Milan who I asked to do a project for us, and um, you know she, she then went on to Cambridge later on, but uh, so very, very bright, but she didn't have the skills in the sector that we were talking about. And she just didn't have the ability to sort of do the translation the way it needed to be done. Even though her English was beautiful, when she translated from Italian to English, it didn't work. So these mm -hmm. are things you have to try to discover ahead of time and uh, figure it out. And you don't want to have to send somebody to Cambridge to <laughs> be able to, to do that. So, and yeah. you know, we're not talking about you know eliminating split infinitives or making sure every subjunctive is used properly. We're, we're really uh, just trying to get the right uh, the, the right uh, skills in the right job. So, Brigham, this has been great. Uh, very, very interesting, and we really appreciate your sharing your, your insights and experience with us. Um, are there any final things that you'd like to uh, mention before we hand things back over to Alan to wrap things up? Uh, it's just my pleasure to, to join you, and, and I think – you know, to reiterate points that you've made throughout of, you know, technology should be a way to improve and enhance the process. And with situations like the global pandemic, it's become a requirement to, to find that right process that mixes the, the human engagement and the, the technology together. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Well, listen, thanks so much. And with that, we'll hand things over to Alan. Yes, thanks again to Brigham and to Bruce for your insightful discussion on today's show. 
Please be sure to join us next month for another great show or look at our huge selection of archive shows on Hot Topics at BenchmarkPortal.com. Then click on Call Talk where you'll find over 12 seasons of this show. From all of us at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Alan Pockhotter signing out. Have a great day.